Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, November 21st, 2021. And thanks for joining us for the Fear of the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media, and also special, special thanks to one of our regulars who is here tonight helping me in the chat room and commiserating and looking up trivia and talking about the holidays. So thank you for being with us, Joan. Tonight's show, as every show, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together and then rate the episode from 1 to 10, as well as give commentary during the commercial breaks. We'll also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free, so please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. All right, welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear will run the usual front eight episodes up to December 5th, then go on break until 2022. Uh, We don't know exactly when it'll be back. We know that Walking Dead Classic will be back in February, but we're not sure how that's all going to go yet. So after tonight, we have two episodes left until the break. World Beyond Season 2 will concurrently run after this at 10, and also until December 5th with the front half fair. Um, When... World Beyond ends on December 5th. That will be the series finale. Talking Dead, being at 11 p.m., will resume on November 28th, Thanksgiving Sunday, which is the, say it with me, Joan, the penultimate episode. Da-da-da. I'm going to give some applause because I'm obnoxious that way. (laughs) Okay. Um... Anyhow, I'm I'm going to skip over the other projects going on. I've read them to you guys several times. If people didn't hear that or want the data or if there's updates on the data, let me know. And I'll read it to you or I'll go update when I need it and all that fun stuff. If you guys want to call in to speak with the host, it's 914 
338-0314 at any point in time tonight, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time if you can. Um, You're welcome to still call during the live show, but you'll be screened and muted until the next commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, join us in the live chat room where we will be able to listen to the show real time as well as download the episode after the fact. We usually post a link for that on our Facebook page, uh, in my social media, and also of late at the NDB Media social media pages. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you're welcome to go to each episode link later on and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page where you can download it, and also you can just hit play at the top and play it right from the page if you want to do that instead. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes. So first, let's give info on Fear the Walking Dead and afterwards info on World Beyond. Uh, So tonight's Fear episode is entitled Reclamation. The official AMC synopsis is, Morgan searches for Al only to discover that he's not the only one. Parenthetically, um, it's been leaked that this is the CRM, and that's obvious anyway, so I don't consider that a spoiler. Um, his search may have put a target on his own back. And I have hiccups now. Yay. Um, additional synopses, which I usually do for you guys, extended synopsis. I have one for fear tonight. That is by Cameron Bolomono at comicbook.com, one of their regular writers about this show. And he entitled it, The CRM Returns to Fear the Walking Dead in Season 7 Sneak Peek. And it goes like this. The Civic Republic military is touching back down on Fear the Walking Dead. In Season 7, Episode 6, Reclamation, um, is streaming, blah, 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 stuff, stuff, skipping. Morgan Jones's search for Althea puts a target on his back. More than two months after Al called on CRM soldier Isabel to fly her friends away from the blast of Teddy's nuclear warheads in The Beginning, a CRM reclamation team is out for their target. Round 17. In the sneak peek from Sunday's episode, a CRM reclamation team threatens to eliminate Morgan and Grace unless Al gives up Isabel's whereabouts. There's got to be another way. We have a daughter, Grace tells the black-suited soldiers of adopted daughter, Baby Mo. She needs us. Whatever your reason is here, you have to understand that. Morgan tells them Al doesn't have the intel they need, but the CRM soldiers prepare to fire as Al attempts to save Morgan and Grace's lives over the radio. Killing them will not get me to talk, says Al, who was sworn to secrecy when she was caught up in the CRM conspiracy back in Season 5. Season 7 of Fear is currently set several years behind The Walking Dead World Beyond, where Warrant Officer Jada Stokes and the CRM are carrying out Project Votus 10 years post-outbreak. I find that strange. I thought we accelerated fear so that we're, they were roughly in the same timeline. That's actually cheesing me off a little bit because after all the playing around with the timelines, I would have thought they got them all lined up. So get your poop collected, people. Going back to the uh, synopsis here. Quote, each show has a different piece of the puzzle, but the pieces of the puzzle aren't just plot. They're personal stories for the characters that do advance aspects of like the greater mythology. 
Scott Gemple, Chief Content Officer of The Walking Dead Universe and the Executive Producer of Fear and World Beyond, said during this year's virtual Comic-Con. Continuing quote, But the CRM stuff in Fear really has to do with a couple of characters very deeply, and their situation bleeds out to other characters. The CRM's return is, quote, part of a personal and emotional story on fear, Gimple added, of Al and Isabel's romantic relationship left up in the air after season five. Quote, it just so happens, though, that it does give other information to the greater world in which the characters inhabit. And there are sort of interesting historical or prequel aspects because this fear season seven happens earlier than the things we see on the other shows. I'm annoyed to know that, Scott, because I didn't actually think that was a thing. And I don't know how Sherry and Dwight got together, if that's true. That seems kind of stupid. But I don't blame Cameron for that. It's very nice to have a little summary to read you guys. Okay, that is the end of that. And that is the only uh, additional synopsis that I have for you. I'm checking the chat room, see if Joan has anything. Oh, she's, she has a couple things to say, so let's share them. Um, she says, penultimate, this is Joan saying it with me, even though she wasn't on the phone. So we just have to imagine that she was saying it with me. Um, so it's in delay, but she's saying it with me in spirit. And, uh, she's done me the courtesy, uh, thank you, of looking up how exactly the shows are timed tonight because they've tended to run over and not be exact. So fear is slightly extended tonight and world beyond will then start at 10.08 and run until 11.09. And she didn't say this, but I'll tell you, because she did look it up for me earlier. Um, the Talking Dead is not going to be back until next Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday. And, uh, yeah, because we were saying penultimate a minute ago. Uh, so I imagine once that happens, we're going to have a very long Sunday night. But we don't stay on here for Talking Dead. We let you guys go so that you can listen to what Chris Hardwick has to say with his guests. All right. Joan also says they should be close to the same timeline. That is what I thought, to be honest, at least within a year or two, if not exactly lined up. Yeah. I, you know, if that's all it is, I hope that they can get that figured out so they can all go together because quite freaking clearly they intend for all three shows to merge into the movies. We've been saying this for a long time. They didn't confirm it because I guess they wanted to be vague and not give too much away. And that's fine. But, you know, we got it figured out to stop fucking around basically <laughs> all righty let's take a look at my notes it is 8 40 p.m and we are at writers and directors profiles tonight's episode was written by alex delisle and kalaya well okay this is the first time i've been saying this name kalaya maybe kalaya michelle stallworth joan if you happen to be able to locate how to pronounce her name it's C-A-L-A-Y-A. She's a new writer, so it's the first time I've had to do this. But if you manage to scare up anything, she's got a lot of Instagram stuff going on and some Twitter stuff. Maybe there's a video of her saying her name or somebody saying her name because I would like to do her the courtesy of getting it correct, but I didn't see it. I didn't see the pronunciation written anywhere. But so Kalea, I hope, Michelle Stallworth is the other author. And then the director is... Billy Woodruff, but it's B-I-L-L-E. There's no second I in it. All right, profiles. Alex Delisle, uh, by the way, pronouns are she and her, is a writer and director originally from New York City, known for Fear the Walking Dead, 
Cop Car and Puppy Dreams. Um, by the way, new piece of personal information uh, from stalking her on social media. She had a daughter this summer with partner Laura Gillespie. You know, I don't want to put too fine a point on some of her personal information. This was out in public, but I am not entirely clear. She is clearly in a relationship with Laura, um, two women. I'm not clear who the biological mother who bore the child is. And so I can't really address that, but they're both parenting the child. Quote, uh, extremely overdue life update. Grace Delisle Gillespie was born on June 12, 2021. She's a true bundle of joy, and Laura and I have enjoyed the first four point five months of her life immensely and actually I'm going to come over here and give them some applause for that because yay for new baby all right there we go so big fat congratulations to the Delisle Gillespie family on their new daughter Uh, they're currently based in LA Alex received a BA in film and TV production and journalism from NYU back in 2006. She is currently a TV writer at the Writers Guild of America West. She was a staff writer for season four of Fear for 16 episodes, story editor for season five of Fear, 16 episodes, and executive story editor for season six for five episodes. Um, I pardon, this note came from a season six uh, episode and I did not update it. I assume she was executive story editor for the remainder of season six because we're now in season seven. So I've removed that note because it's no longer current. Um, she has been a producer for season seven of Fear for five episodes so far. It seems very likely that she will be considered a producer for the remainder of the season. All right, tonight is her seventh time writing a Walking Dead episode in the franchise. The other episodes she has done are, um, I believe these are all Fear the Walking Dead episodes, yes. Fear Season 4, Episode 4, Buried. Season 4, Episode 11, The Code. Season 5, Episode 2, The Hurt That Will Happen. Season 6, Episode 6, Bury Her Next to Jasper's Leg. And Season 6, Episode 14, Mother. She has also been on three episodes of The Talking Dead after the episode Buried, Season 4, Episode 4 in 2018, The Code, Season 4, Episode 11, also in 2018, and Bury Her Next to Jasper's Leg, Season 9, Episode 19, uh, back in 2020. All right, so that is Alex's profile. And Kalea, Michelle Stallworth, and I really will be thankful when I'm certain how to pronounce that properly, is from Westbury, Long Island, New York, and currently based in L.A., near Marina Del Rey Beach. Her partner is Noble J. Ali, uh, by the way, who's on Instagram as East Texas Bamileke. B-A-M-I-L-E-K-E. I apologize for butchering that pronunciation. They also have a new daughter together as of August. Um, I do not believe they're married yet, but they are very much in love building their family, and there's some very cute pictures of them on Instagram. So, according to an October 2020 tweet, 
Kalea also mentors male teens in Inglewood, California through the Inglewood Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated. Kalea was a staff writer for the 2019 zombie apocalypse comedy series Daybreak, which I, by the way, have seen and I really kind of dig it. I'm sorry it was only one season because that was kind of fun and I had hoped they would do a season two. Maybe they still will because the the season ending did not make that impossible. So maybe they'll go back to it. And uh, by the way, she also wrote episode three of Daybreak called The Slime Queen Pin of Glendale, California. It's quite funny. Uh, this and Fear the Walking Dead are her only IMDb credits. So she went directly to Daybreak, and I'm not sure how that happened. And then she went from Daybreak to Fear. So good on you, sweetie. Um, she's been an executive story editor for all of season seven of Fear, and tonight is her first episode that she wrote for the show. All right, next profile. I'm going to check on the chat room. Um, nothing further added from Joan, so let's keep going. Billy Woodruff. It's 846. Let's do Billy's profile. Woodruff was born in Denver, Colorado, raised in Virginia, got to be Northern Virginia because he attended University of Maryland in College Park as a National Merit Scholar on a full academic scholarship with plans of becoming an anthropologist. Pretty cool. Things took an unexpected twist. There are several people that work on this show that were going to be like lawyers and scientists and all this stuff, and then they took an acting class and damned themselves forever. I'm teasing. Um, things took an unexpected twist once he began an internship at Black Entertainment Television, that's BET, in Washington, D.C., and switched his major to film. Billy's career in showbiz began as he worked his way up the ranks at BET, where he initially acquired practical production knowledge and experience, topping off his rise from intern to executive producer specials and original programming. It is while at BET that Billy also began directing EPKs and music videos for up-and-coming artists. Um, Joan, if I could impose on you for a favor, can you please look up what does the abbreviation EPK stand for? And it is probably something to do with music videos or the music industry uh, because Billy is very well known as a guy who does music videos for very well-known people, and we're going to talk about that some more in just a hot minute. All right. Uh, let me, sorry, I lost my place for a second. After his successful stint at BET and a rapidly growing list of credits, Billy felt that it was time for a change. That change came with an offer from Atlanta-based LaFace Records, the label started by L.A. Reid and Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, to serve as Senior National Director of Music Videos and Video Production. Spending three years at LaFace, Billy felt that it was time again to move on in his career. Backed by a solid reputation as one of the most desired music video directors in the business, Billy relocated to Los Angeles to venture off on his own. Billy's distinct, searing visuals have earned him a special place in the industry. He has directed some of the most memorable videos for artists such as Jessica Simpson, Little Kim, Britney Spears, Celine Dion, Naz, Outkast, Aaliyah, Missy Elliott, TLC, Tony Braxton, Trisha Yearwood, and Usher, among many others. He has been nominated for numerous MTV Video Awards and won a VH1 Fashion Award. Billy's foray into feature films was Universal Pictures' Honey, uh, 2003, and there's a slash I after it, and I'm not sure what that means. I just copied it. Um, but that was a film with Jessica Alba and... Mecky Pfeiffer, 
which has grossed uh, $60 million worldwide. Most recently, Billy directed the MGM feature Beauty Shop 2005, starring Queen Latifah with Dijimon, uh, DJIMON, Houndsu, Kevin Bacon, Andy McDowell, Mina Savari, Alicia Silverstone, and Alfre Woodard. This highly anticipated feature spinoff from the hit Barbershop films that was released in the spring of 2005. Woodruff was nominated for four awards. He did not win, but they're fairly prestigious. Let's see what he was nominated for here. Okay, BET Comedy Awards 2005. Nominee for the BET Comedy Award and Outstanding Directing for a Theatrical Film for Beauty Shop. Black Reel Awards 2013. Nominee Black Reel Best Director, Network Cable Production, Television, pardon me. That was for Rags in 2012. Hollywood Film Festival 2017, nominee jury prize for best short film for Black Lightning in 2017. And he shared this nomination with Salim Akil, director, Mara Brock Akil, writer, Tony Isabella, writer, Trevor Von Eden, writer, and Pascal Verschuris, producer. And last image awards from the NAACP in 2015, Nominee for the Image Award for Outstanding Directing in a Television Movie for Drumline, A New Beat in 2014. Woodruff has five producer's credits for various shows, including Star in 2018 and 19, and Black Lightning this year, 2021. He has 110 director's credits, including numerous music videos from 91 until 2012, where he did started branching out into movies and TV, although he did several more music videos up until roughly 2017 they seem to have slowed down he's also currently working on horror drama yellow jackets which actually was just trending on twitter so it's coming out soon or may be out may have just started um episode six he wrote uh which is due out this year 2021 so i guess i think they're on episode two tonight or this weekend he is also working on new tv series vampire academy which is due out in 2022 and one of the three leads is J. August Richards of Angel fame, who played Charles Gunn, one of my favorites. Uh, directing tonight's episode is his first work anywhere in the Walking Dead universe. And let's give all of them some big applause and thank you. And Joan was kind enough to look up EPK. It is Electronic Press Kit connected to music. Um, let me go backwards. Uh, she's trying to find me the pronunciation. Um, she found several iterations of pronunciation of C-A-L-A-Y-A on YouTube. The consensus seems to be the second syllable is a long I sound, so it would be Kalaya. Um, and actually, I am going to take a couple of seconds and write that down so that I can be more courteous the next time that she works on the show, which I'm sure she will. Uh, lie. Ah, okay. I've got that phonetically written into my notes in her bio. Thank you very much for that, Joan. Always appreciate it. Um, Joan's having a little bit of internet problems tonight, so hopefully we won't lose her and just keep refreshing, and then, you know, it's the taste that refreshes. Okay. Trivia. Da-da-da. Trivia about tonight's episode, there's not that much, which often happens with the current 
episode for tonight because some things you don't want to give away. So tonight's episode of Fear, episode six, Reclamation, is the 91st episode of Fear ever. There's nobody listed yet, also starring no co-stars, no uncredited, and no listed trivia. Since tonight's episode is about Morgan looking for Al, speaking of pronunciation, let me remind you that Al's name is Althea Shevchik Przgoki. <laughs> but it's spelled really differently than most people would be used to in this country. It's very, very Polish. Um, all right. Trivia for last episode, season seven, episode five, Till Death, which is the 90th episode of Fear Ever. So last week was the first appearance of Mickey, hopefully not the last. First and last appearance of Eli, first and last appearance of Cliff, uh, Kim Larson, Kevin Larson, and Brigga Larson. The title of the episode, Till Death, refers to Mickey and Cliff's signature pro wrestling move, Till Death Do Us Part, which is also briefly performed on a zombie by Dwight and Mickey. According to Strand, the tower is the only inhabitable place with any sort of a future for 50 miles. It can also potentially hold up to 1,000 people. Its current population is over 200. Sherry briefly mentions the sanctuary, comparing the tower to it. She also refers to Negan. Well, that should get interesting. Um, That's probably some kind of Easter egg for bringing everything together. Sherry helps Mickey use the Walker Guts trick, which was last seen in the episode North. There's nobody listed last week either for also starring... Co-stars were Aaron Spivey Sorrells playing Kevin Larson, is a husband of Kim, father of Brigga in the house with Dwight and Sherry. <clears throat> Julia Barnett was Kim Larson, Ella McCain was Brigga Larson. Blake Blair played Stalker number three. He kills three unnamed tower residents, possibly indirectly caused. This character is credited as Stalker until death. Lexter Santana played Eli's partner. Uncredited is Wayne Hampton as Cliff, who is Mickey's husband. First appearance of the character Eli, played by Alex Scooby, who happens to be Mo Collins' husband. First appearance of Mickey, played by Aisha Tyler. Um, Double-checking on comments. No further comments. Going to keep going. Deaths from last week. Milas, killed by the Dark Horses for stealing. Eli's partner, played by Lexter Santana. Dwight shot him for stealing. Kevin Larson... All three of these were killed by Strand's men. Kim Larson, Brigga Larson. Uh, Eli was the fruit thief, played by Alex Scooby. Um, Cliff, zombified. Cliff's father, confirmed fate, pre-apocalypse. All members of Milas' group and one unnamed paramedic who was zombified. Uh, No errors listed. It is 8.56. Let's get to cast birthdays, and then I think we may want to pause here. We may have time for music. Cast birthdays this week, Andrew James West, who played Gareth, leader of Terminus. His birthday is tomorrow, November 22nd. He's from Merrillville, Indiana. Denise Michelle Crosby, who was Mary in Terminus. November 24th, she was born in Hollywood. And Kirk M. Acevedo, who played Mitch in the Martinez camp in Woodbury. November 27th, and he's from Brooklyn. Let's Happy birthday, everybody who's got one. Yay. And real quick, since there's nothing really to say about it, featured music from last episode, episode five till death, Welcome to Jamrock by Damien, quote, Junior Gong Marley. 
as Dwight shaves, saves Sherry and Mickey at the gym. That's the song that is playing in the background. Unaccounted for characters I'm not going to fool with. I've said it a hundred times. And a reminder that Talking Dead doesn't resume until next week. Got a couple articles sitting around. If we run out of things on my list, and I don't want to get to World Beyond too quick, so I'll pull one of those up and just stall a tiny bit so we can get into the live show in, in three minutes. Um, let's see. This one is, this article I have is from newsconcerns.com. This is not one of our regular sources. Um, but it was an interesting little sidetrack. It's by Monica Lozano, back from October 11th. Uh, World Beyond reveals CRM plan to end the zombie apocalypse. Some of these things we probably already have talked about. You know what? I think I read this to you guys last week. I'm going to pull that one out because I'm pre- looking at the text now. It looks very familiar, and I believe I said that to you guys. So I'm actually going to pull that out and put this down at the bottom where I have all the articles I've already done just so that I can kind of keep track if I've done something before. I didn't move this one, and that was my bad. All right. Um, we're down in the world beyond notes. I want to get out of that. Let me see if the other article, it's A58. I just want to pull it up and see if it's also one that I've read to you before so that I don't have that happen twice because that would be poopy. That that one is from Cameron Bolomono back on the 8th. It's from comicbook.com. The Walking Dead, World Beyond, second CRM post-credit series. Scene explained. That's back on November 8th. A couple weeks ago, we had a post-credit scene. And it gets into the details of that. There's stuff that you probably already know, but it's good to talk about it for a minute. All right, say 59. I'm going to go ahead, set that up, and then go dark. And I will talk to you guys at the first commercial break. Thank you for joining us, and be back shortly. Okay, guys, it's 9.08, and we are at the first break. And Joan, <laughs> Joan and I are having a little fun that we're thrilled Al's tapes still exist, but we're kind of puzzled that they still exist after everything that's happened. And she refers to them as cockroaches of the apocalypse. Even a nuclear strike couldn't take them out. And look, the camera still works, too. Yeah, I did notice that, even though it hasn't been charged up in Christ knows how long. I That has always bugged me more than the infinite bullets has been the infinite camera working and all this stuff i own a video camera that's far less fancy and it's hard to keep it going break number one joan is actually starting low again with a three just ever hopeful i can go up from there but skeptical at the same time and yes uh, i'm gonna start with four because this the opening was much longer than it needed to be And, you know, they could have told that story and been done in much shorter time. So we're having a trailer for something. Chaos comes home. I guess it's Venom stuff. Yeah. Venom, let there be carnage is uh, out there. Okay. Let's go back to my notes. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking at that article for you guys. Um, Sunday's World Beyond Shadow Puppets a couple episodes ago. Ends with a new post-credit scene returning us to the Civic Republic Research Facility where the shadowy organization is conducting experiments on empties. Located somewhere in New York State, the lab is where Dr. Leo Bennett of the Nebraska campus colony is away as a part of a month-long science exchange with the Civic Republic 
So okay, so they they don't technically own Nebraska. They uh, were supposed to be cutting them a deal, and then they killed them. Uh, supposedly to develop a cure for the zombie virus. The location is on the coded map. CRM Lieutenant Colonel Elizabeth Kublik secretly passed to Leo's daughters, Iris and Hope just before Kublik's forces massacred the almost 10,000 survivors living inside the campus colony. In the second post credit scene, CRM scientist Dr. Lila Belshaw, Natalie Gold, opens a drawer and pulls out Advanced Immunology, What to Know in the Age of the Unknown, written by Bennett for the Nebraska State University Genetics Research Laboratory. Tucked inside a hand-drawn card signed by Bennett's teenage daughters who are leading a one 1,100-mile track to New York with friends Elton and Silas. All right. Okay, we are back. I'll see you guys at break number two, and we'll continue this. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.20. We're just at break number two. I had a four last time. Joan had a three. I'm sliding up to four, two, five, but I'm not sure how much higher I'll go. Let's see what Joan will do. Um, she also mentioned, wonder how much Cheeto dust they had to use to make those sets. Yeah, that or something. I don't know what they did, and whether it's CGI. Joan says she's Going up slightly in the same vein to 3.5, 3.25, pardon. These characters are grading on me for some reason. I think it's because the actions of the scene, excuse me, don't need to take as long of a conversation as they're doing. At least that, that's what's grading on my nerves. So, all right, let me go back to the article I was reading to you guys. Again, with the caveat that it's a couple weeks old, so some of this stuff has come out by now, but just something to talk about. Um, okay, chaperoning their journey is Huck and Felix, whose boyfriend Will is away with Bennett at, as his security detail. Bennett is pictured in the photograph on Belshaw's desk, as is Dr. Samuel Abbott of Portland, Oregon. The bearded scientist turned science experiment, whose reanimated corpse was studied by Belshaw in episode 104, The Wrong End of a Telescope. Belshaw receives a phone call from Kublik answering, yes, hello, I'm still working on that, but of course. It will be taken care of by the time they arrive. Dr. Bennett won't be a problem. His security detail won't be either. Of course, thank you, Lieutenant Colonel. They is the group, quote, they is the group moving towards the research facility, now with the help of Grifter Percy and his uncle Tony, who possess a truck and enough fuel to get them to New York much quicker. They'll need to hurry. Iris and Hope's quest started when their father secretly sent them distressing communications, alerting them that things have gone bad with the CRM. The stinger ends with Velshaw looking out into what appears to be the same space where a zombified Abbott, along with dozens of other empties labeled as TS colon A for test subject A, were muzzled and restrained. We don't see any empties, but we hear the sound of rattling gurneys and the growl of multiple zombies as the episode cuts to black. In the wrong end of a telescope, Belshaw records notes on her subjects and states that climate variation tests are scheduled for the next day. These could be the experiments occurring off-screen in Shadow Puppets, which is just the last episode this season to end with the post-credits tag. The end credits teaser 
raise a lot more questions than we'll also be answering this season and into the next season. Okay, that was said in the first one. Series co-creator and showrunner Matt Negretti previously told Entertainment Weekly. He added the post-credit scenes are a little bit of a tease of things to come, referring to more World Beyond as well as The Walking Dead feature films following CRM captive Rick Grimes. And we have a trailer for some stuff just weeks after 9-11. And I recognize the actor in this, but I can't figure out what it is yet. He's been in other stuff. Um, that is the end of Cameron's article. And it's 9.23. It's awful close for us to be getting down to the very end. Um, here's season seven of Fear What Remains. Next week is episode 92-7 called The Portrait. The writer is Nick Bernadoni. Director is Heather Capiello. That'll be on Thanksgiving Sunday the 28th. 93-8 will round out the mid-season finale. That will be titled Padre. Written by Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg and directed by Satro, and that's on December 5th, after which we will have a break until at least February. So you guys will have to find something to do with your Sunday nights for a little while. Okay, and then, of course, we'll have the back half, episodes 9 through 16, for fear. Uh, World Beyond will start at 10. That's It's only 9.24, so I, I'm really reluctant to get into that, but you know maybe I will just so I can read you some articles and stuff. There's starting to be a lot of crossover between the two anyway, so it may be okay if I start talking about both together. So World Beyond will be on at 10, and as usual, we probably won't have much transition between them. So I may as well start now. So tonight's World Beyond episode is going to be entitled Returning Point, and the official AMC synopsis is uh, the group sets a new plan into motion, a relationship is leveraged. A betrayal forces others to take action. They've gotten very generic with the descriptors, specifically for World Beyond, and I'm not sure why. Okay, we're back. I'll see you guys at break number three. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.30. I... Joan and I are both of the opinion that we're not moving. So I'm at four two. Let me put this up in the channel. Four two five, and Joan is at three two five. Um, Joan is agreeing with me that the probable reason people are getting on her nerves is too much drama for the points that are happening to move in the in the plot. She has also subsequently commented, "I'm wondering." Where the Commonwealth is supposed to fit into this whole universe if they're trying to bring all the series together? If the CRM has so many thousands of people, the Commonwealth has so many thousands, how do they coexist without interacting? I imagine primarily because the Commonwealth does not seem to have quite the military equipment that the CRM does. And Joan's like, oh, for the love of, I don't even know what, exchange for an interview, like her trying to talk to the CRM and get them to interview. Yeah, I agree. It's like, the, the fact that you would even ask that is just grounds to be shot in the head. And I don't really, if she understands so well how they operate, she should know better than this. And I guess she's intending to take them out with the, with a cannon that just happens to be there. I don't know where is she, a Civil War park with a working cannon, cannonballs. I, eh. Really starting to bug me. And it's sad times when World Beyond has accelerated past you guys. All right. 
Let's go, let's see. Did I do the article? I did the article. So let's go to more info on World Beyond. Okay, let me pull up the link because there are, there's an extended synopsis and then there's a couple other commentary articles and they do crossover as well. So as I said earlier, there's been enough crossover where I, I feel like it's okay to go ahead and, and start early. But before we do that, let's see. Uh, I've read you the synopsis. We have two episodes left of the series until the series finale on December 5th. And additional synopsis is from Bleeding Cool, which is one of the sources that we like to use. And, whoops, hold on. I activated a video because it's misleading here. All right, The Walking Dead, World Beyond Season 2, Episode 8 preview lines are crossed by Ray Fluke, who's Bleeding Cool's resident... Uh, writer about The Walking Dead, and he says, AMC's The Walking Dead World Beyond has been doing a nice job building up the tension between the forces of CRM, now under the control of Pollyanna McIntosh's warrant officer, Jadis Stokes, and our heroes. But now with only three days to go, we've reached a major line in the sand, and when they say three days to go, I think they mean pretty much episodes. Um, We've reached a major line in the sand, for both sides, the CRM prepares to take out Portland and effectively turn the three circles into a flat line. And if you checked out our preview for Fear the Walking Dead, then you know CRM will be doing some seriously big bad stuff over there this weekend, too. This is written on the 15th. And considering what we already know about Project V, it's pretty clear that CRM is positioning itself to be able to attack any community on the Walking Dead universe map. So the Sunday's returning point finds Jennifer slash Huck needing to get through to a very surprised and pissed Silas quickly so plants don't get blown to smithereens. Speaking of which, Iris and Hope's father and scientist Leo looks to rally his colleagues to abandon the facility, but it looks like Jadis already has that plan covered, so as you're about to see in the following preview images, and they have some, and I've put a few of them in the chat, you know, because we do have that carousel with photos from the show. Um, there's pictures, pictures, pictures. Let's see if there's any more content and text for you. Um, there is a picture of a bunch of scientists marching down the hall and looking pissed. So I do think that part probably happens. Um, there it is. Okay. There's not really much other content on that one. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up the next one. Oh, I think we're going to be back in a minute. The next one is going to be from comicbook.com, which is always a good Good read. All right, we are back. I'll see you guys at, I think, break number four. Okay, it's 941. I guess we're at break number five by now. Um... Going to 4.5. Joan and I are in very similar boats. Going to 3.5, but only increasing slightly for Morgan Grace's fighting spirit, not for Al. Yeah, Al is irritating the crap out of me. And the CRM guys are irritating the crap out of me. I just, I don't like how they magically have all this power. Like, if you look at all the other groups who had to fight for that power and how hard it was to hang on to it. I don't see what magic they're pulling out of their colons that this should all be working the way it is working or supposedly is working, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, all right. So let's go back to the uh, – oh, no, the article is kind of over. All right. That's article number two. And the third one, why Jadis takes Father Gabriel's name in the Walking Dead world beyond. Please forgive my hiccups. Try not to subject you guys to that. Okay. This is back to comicbook.com and Cameron Bolomono. And he has to say, when The Walking Dead's Jadis returns on The Walking Dead World Beyond, it was with an assumed name we've heard before, Stokes. As Warrant Officer Jadis Stokes of the Civic Republic military, Jadis operates under the identity taken from her short-lived relationship with Father Gabriel. Uh, the romance died when Jadis tried to trade Gabriel to the CRM as an A, nearly dooming him to be a test subject in Project Votus before disappearing with a B, Rick Grimes, Andrew Lincoln, aboard a CRM helicopter. In Season 9, Jadis offers Gabriel citizenship in the faraway Civic Republic, where they can have a life like you can't imagine. When Gabriel threatens to alert Rick about her human trading, Jadis dumps Gabriel in the junkyard and marks him an A after believing him to be a B. Reunited with CRM Staff Sergeant Jennifer Huck Malik. Six years after her breakup with Gabriel, Warrant Officer Stokes recalls her role as Jadis, the oddly spoken scavenger leader, calling it the theater that helps you survive. She tells Huck, before the world ended, my name wasn't Jadis, but that name, that identity, it helped me live. So Jadis is who I am. Quote, I think she's not going to give too much away about herself, so why not? Why not take a different name? Macintosh exclusively told comic book about Jadis's new name on World Beyond. And I believe she did love Gabriel, and I believe she respected him. But I also think there's a certain irony to it where she won't forget that she crossed him, and she did those things as part of her journey. She added, and so I think it's kind of a nod to her, for her to remember him, but also to remember how complicated, how that went. I don't think she wanted to find another boyfriend anytime soon. Warrant Officer Stokes is the third version of McIntosh's character, previously Jadis of the Scavengers, and Anne of Alexandria. Asking, asked if this swaggering military cop is the real Jadis or another act, McIntosh said her CRM soldier is always a little theatrical and always fighting to survive. And as most of the active actors on this show tend to do, that is a giant non-answer. <laughs> uh, continuing the quote, it's a really good question, but I'll say this. Jadis is an amalgamation of the previous two Jadises, McIntosh said kind of both of these sides of her coming together but definitely what Anne went through in Alexandria has really affected how she connects now and she doesn't go for friends so much anymore she's had heart but she's not trying to fit in anywhere anymore she tried that and it didn't work so she's going to be herself and she's going to move forward all right are we no we're still in the commercial and I believe that is the end of that article Let's go ahead and creep. It's only 945, so let's go ahead and creep into the trivia while we're able. Um, tonight's World Beyond episode was written by Eddie Gazalian and directed by Lily Marie, M-A-R-I-Y-E. Okay, Eddie Gazalian, uh, no, we are back. I will see you guys at the next break.
Okay, guys. Uh, Joan and I have diverged slightly. Um, Joan liked the effects in the last scene, and she's done with Al. Happy Trail Sayonara. She's staying at 3-5. I'm going to 4-7-5. Eh. Very reluctant. This is way lower than we usually play, and this uh, this series has really just gone down the tubes. And you know, we stay with it for continuity and so that we don't miss details. But getting those details out is like giving birth to that epidural. Blah. Okay. Um, let's see what I got in my notes here. Oh, that's right. We were doing Eddie Gazalian's profile, and I don't think we'd actually gotten to that yet. So let's go ahead and do that now. Eddie Gazalian is the writer of tonight's episode. His biography online is not very detailed. We know from a Finnish wiki that he was born in Oregon as Edward Mark Gazalian, and not, not too much between that and his career. He's a writer and producer, known for Blood Punch 2014, won the Hoboken International Film Festival 2014 Award, New Orleans Horror Film Festival 2014 Jury Award, and Dances with Films 2014 Audience Award. He's known for the Power Rangers RPM 2009 and the Penguins of Madagascar 2008, which got, was a daytime Emmy nominee. Gazaliana wrote family movies like Lilo and Stitch 2 and the Tigger movie, ended up being the original showrunner for a languishing Power Rangers franchise in the early 2000s when it was a new Disney property. Tonight is his sixth writer's credit for the Walking Dead franchise, previously having written Walking Dead Season 8, Episode 11, Dead or Alive or, Season 8, Episode 14, Still Gonna Mean Something, Season 9, Episode 6, Who Are You Now?, Season 9, Episode 13, Choke Point, and World Beyond, Episode 1, no, pardon, Season 1, Episode 7, Truth or Dare. He was executive story editor for 16 episodes over late Season 8 and 9 of Walking Dead Classic, ending in 2019. He's been co-producer for World Beyond Season 1 and producer for Season 2. He's been on The Talking Dead once after Walking Dead Classic Season 9, Episode 13, Choke Point, back in 2019. And we're still in commercials, so let's go to director's profile is Lily Marier. Born in Las Vegas, Nevada is Lily Hamamura. She has a BA in theater arts from UCLA. She's married to Grammy-nominated Concord recording artist Boney James, James Oppenheim. Lives in Los Angeles with her husband, who's a saxophonist, recording artist for Concord Records. Has two cats, Oliver and Emma. Although Lily is a DGA Award nominee for Just Add Magic, she may be best known for her role as Nurse Lily Jarvik on ER back in 94 for its entire 15-season run. And we're still in commercial, so I'll keep going. An award-winning actress, dancer, and singer, she was discovered by agent Joan Scott in the L.A. stage production of Elizabeth Swatos' musical's Runaways. Now a successful TV and film director, she directed The Walking Dead, Walking Dead World Beyond, The Terror Infamy, Prodigal Son, Council of Dads, Stumptown, NCIS Los Angeles, Chicago PD, Criminal Minds, Nashville, and Partner Track after her feature film debut, Model Minority. She is active at the DGA, appointed by President Tommy Schlamme, S-C-H-L-A-M-M-E, apologies if I butchered it, 
to the DGA PAC Leadership Council and the Special Projects Committee, as well as being elected twice as co-chair of the DGA Asian American Committee. And this is yeah, this is a trailer for World Beyond, so we'll probably be back in a minute. She was named Filmmaker of the Year in 2000 from the National Organization of Women at their annual conference in 2000. In 2014, she had an uncredited small role in an episode of Teen Wolf. She has two producer's credits and two writer's credits, both for Model Minority in 2016, director and writer, and the Shangri-La Cafe in 2000, also director and writer. And now we are back, so I will see you guys at the end transition probably. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 10.15, as has been tradition. They just segued right from one into the other. Um, so Jonah commented during the last segment, next week's fear looks interesting from the previews. Uh, she ended on 3.75. I ended on 4.75. She says she's leaning higher on this show than I was on fear. I'll start at 4.5. I'm starting at 5.5. Um, Jonah's starting low, but more hopeful I'll go higher on this one. I totally understand. It's all fine, and I figured you would do that, and so this is all fine and well. Let us go back to the middle of Lily's bio, which I hadn't finished. Um, So she had 20 director's credits since 2000. Oh, actually, I forgot one line that's kind of fun. She's on the cover of Total Health Magazine in the United States, April 2006, Volume 28, Issue 1. 20 director's credits since 2000, including episodes of Criminal Minds, NCIS, Los Angeles, and the MacGyver reboot from 2020, among several others. She has 41 actor's credits since 1982. I loved when people in theater and film and other acting arts are cross-disciplined. I really dig that. So she started with an episode of Lou Grant and has been on shows such as Fame, Knott's Landing, Family Ties, Remington Steel, St. Elsewhere, The Magical World of Disney, Murphy Brown, Jake and the Fat Man, Who's the Boss, Deep Space Nine, ER, General Hospital, and several more. Tonight is her second work in the Walking Dead franchise. She directed last week's Season 2, Episode 7, Blood and Lies, and she already has been directing the upcoming Walking Dead Classic, Season 11, Episode 15, Penultimate. Well, actually, no, it won't be because they're having the extended Season 11. So technically, that's a lie. Sorry, Joan. Um, but that will be coming out in 2022. All right, we are back. I'll shut up. See you guys in the next break. Okay, guys, it's... All right, guys, it's 1025. Joan's creeping up to five. I'm going up to 575 because Jadis is being interesting. And there's the tension of Hope and Iris getting out before uh, Sergeant What's-His-Ass and his team gets over there to do something about it. Um, You know, it's really just a matter of timing. So it's getting a little interesting in here. Um, Let me go back to my notes. And I did Lily's bio, pardon me with the hiccups, 
So we are on to trivia for tonight. Season 2, Episode 8, Returning Point, is the 18th episode of World Beyond Ever. Co-stars tonight include Susan Savoy as Dr. Amanda Siegel. She's the mycologist for the Civic Republic. Uh, She's also slated to be next week's Episode 9, Death and the Dead, which is the penultimate episode. You're welcome, Joan. Uh, Gilbert Cruz as Dr. Ebersol. Ebersol is the only researcher in the CRM whose first name is unknown. Uh, you know, hasn't appeared on the cast list or anything. Um, maybe he doesn't have one. I don't know. Secret backstory. Ooh, ooh. Adam Lindo is Sergeant Mills. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, he's been mentioned in Foothold, but it's the first time he's been seen tonight. And Wes Jetton as Robin, who is the guy that's on the Perimeter Council. There's nobody listed as uncredited in tonight's episode. Deaths, of course, are TBA for current episodes. Let's go to last episode's trivia. 1026, uh, Season 2, Episode 7, Blood and Lies, 17th episode of World Beyond Ever. Last appearance of the character Barca. Last appearance of Dr. Lila Belshaw. It's revealed that the CRM killed everyone in Oklahoma and the campus colony, Omaha, pardon, sorry, and the campus colony by poisoning them with chlorine gas. The herd was only a cover for the truth about what happened to the communities. Lila Belshaw revealed that her work is about studying reanimation as it happens and that most of her test subjects were found bitten in the wild. She needed a lot more test subjects for a new serum and allowed it to be used on Omaha and the campus colony, although the CRM planned to do it anyway. The project, Project Votus, was set up by Elizabeth Kublak and Major General Beale eight years before. And we're at a University of Maryland commercial and see if we're in another commercial. Uh, It's an AMC trailer, so we don't have too long. Civic Republic's government is unaware of what their military does outside of their walls. I find that kind of odd, actually, and is not behind the CRM's inhumane and genocidal actions. The Huck learns from Anne that CRM intends to wipe out Portland using the chlorine gas. Mason is revealed to be Major General Bill's son. No co-stars listed tonight. Let us see if we're back. Uh, no, we have a Marvel trailer now. Okay, uncredited tonight, S.G. Ovaska, S.J. Ovaska as Samuel Abbott. That was from last week's episode, pardon me. Shane Carruth as a CRM soldier and Victor Dobro as a CRM soldier. Deaths were C. Barca, played by Al Calderon. He was a former sergeant major of the CRM, former bodyguard for Elizabeth Kublik. Barca is among the CRM soldiers sent to carry out the massacre at Campus Colony under Lieutenant Colonel Elizabeth Kublik's orders. He was sent lo- he was set loose to kill Belshaw last week. Uh, Lila Belshaw is a death and one rat. And we are in a Google commercial, so featured music from last week's episode, season two, episode six. Who are you? Was none listed. All right, yes, and. Let's go over the uh, remaining episodes. Oh, no, we are back. I'll read that to you at the next break. Okay, guys, it's 1037. I'm going up to a sex in this segment. Getting a little interesting. I kidnapped uh, Major Beale's son and have him in the biocontainment unit where they got suddenly locked down. 
things are definitely ramping up as you would expect they'd have to, considering we've got two episodes left after this. And Jonah says, just when I thought Hope was having a typical teenage moment, she never doubted the girl going up to six as well. Yeah. I mean, I do think that she kind of has feelings for him. I think all that's authentic, but it's not an accident because Hope is full of plans that way. Okay. Let's go back to where I was listing the upcoming episodes. Uh, it's 10.38, so we got 20 minutes here. Um a little over 20 minutes, maybe not quite 30. Uh, season 2, episode 19 slash 9 is Death and the Dead. That's writer, uh, the writers are Aaron Martin, E-R-I-N Martin, and Sam Reynolds. Excuse me. And the director is Lauren Iaconelli. That will be on Thanksgiving Sunday the 28th, and that also will be followed by Finally, The Talking Dead coming back, after which is episode 20 slash 10. This will be the series finale, The Last Light. Writers are Matt Negretti, Mike Goldsmith, and Carson Moore, and Lauren Iaconelli is directing again. That will be on December 5th. All right. Other upcoming shows on NDB Media include... Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega. Monday's at 10 p.m. Roger Noriega brings his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Um, Fandom Access, week in review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the ingenious interviewers Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they digest another night of TV. This coming Wednesday will be Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show on the 24th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Join myself and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Topic this week is dealing with domestic violence or abuse during the holidays. And on Thursday, the 25th, is Travel Inch Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I do not have their guests yet, but... Um, you know, feel free to join them and see what they are up to. David Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee will have somebody fun to interview, I have no doubt. All right, so that is the last of the material that I really have to talk about with you guys, and it's only 1040, so I apologize that I'm probably going to be babbling and killing time for the last 20 minutes, roughly almost 30. Um, Joan... Has uh, that okay? The comment was already said. Joan had made a comment about hope, and I read that to you guys already. Um, so Joan, what do you think is going to be happening in the next few minutes? Do you think they're going to use Major Beale's son as bait? That's kind of what I'm thinking because it looks like he's being restrained in the area where they killed the other doctor. Oh, and the funds. Subway commercial, not the food, but an actual subway. And I'm not really sure what's going on. Oh, the taco. Oh, yeah, it's a Taco Bell commercial. You know, those actually irritate me because there's nothing Taco Bell has that is more important than running around in the subway in costume with a cute guy. So I'm not sure where they got all that from. All right, we're having previews of various kinds of holiday shows that are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. I I assume these are all on AMC at some point. There's there's a lot of them, so I'm not even going to try to navigate that for you guys. But 
I know we've got two episodes left of this after tonight. Definitely ramping up to be a lot more exciting. And now we are back. I will see you guys at the next break. Thanks for joining us. Ten forty nine, Joan and I are definitely still on the same rough page. Um, Joan has gone to six two five and I'm at six five after things have really, really started heating up in the last segment where they I, I'm actually a little surprised that they are down at the uh oh god, what is the name of that place that Indira runs? I had uh I had a note what that was called. I'm ugh. I'm such a dork. What is it called? Perimeter. That's right. Um. So apparently CRM has surrounded them. I honestly, I am expecting them to just gun the entire place down. I'm I'm really not sure why they would leave any of them alive whatsoever. Of course, the thing is with these sorts of places that do that, you know, I this is the one thing that bugs me about the Walking Dead universe in general, and I don't know if it's that it bugs me that they use it as a plot device or that perhaps it's accurate to use it as a plot device, and what I'm really irritated at is the nature of humans. But when you're in a situation like the one that this whole universe is in, you reach a point where a smart leader doesn't destroy, like, the buildings that are safe from the threat and the people that you need to make things work. Because if you kill all those people, one of you guys will have to take their place to make things happen. So I don't really understand the point of such behavior. It it seems very wasteful to me. All right. It's 1051. We've got maybe 15, 20 minutes left, according to what Joan said, ballpark. Um, Joan has mentioned hoping Will has something serious up his sleeve to save the colony, being the perimeter. Yes, now that I remember the name. I think the plan is supposed to be to gun them down. That's what she says. And I do, too. I also noticed something about the wording about some of the press releases between now and next week, where one of the plot... Oh, God, what did they say about the plot? Let me see here for a second. Um, So... Let's see. Reclamation. No, I need the World Beyond title, which is Returning Point. All right. Returning Point. Walking Dead. Let's see. And... What I was looking for was commentary about what they said about next week's episode. Um, so on In Death and the Dead, they had made a comment in the description. As the plan continues to unfold, tensions between the group and the CRM come to a dramatic head. While some rush to save an ally, difficult truths are brought to light. Okay. So maybe not everything totally exciting is going to be happening next week because it's only the penultimate episode. Ha! <clears throat> Snuck that in on Joan when she wasn't looking. 
All right. Um, we're just waiting for the commercials to go away. Now there's Wendy's and now there's, excuse me, griddling and food. I'm not that hungry, but I'm mouth hungry because they're having some very yummy looking things on there that are not going in my mouth hole. So I'm very sad about that part. And Jonah said, right? At least Negan got that right. People are resources. Yes, that is exactly. Okay, we are back and traders at the door. So I'll talk to you guys in a bit. Okay, guys, 30 seconds till the show cuts off. Thanks for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.